talk about some NBA. I got a couple of Mavs questions I want to throw off there. Obviously, we'll be talking about Major League Baseball and uh, the illegal substances that pitchers have been using forever, but now the crackdown seems to be uh, coming down, so we'll talk about that. And then at the end, I have some uh, picks for the Euros. The Euros start tomorrow, so I've got some picks for the Euros out there, some futures coming along. So that uh, starts up for the next month. So you can check us out on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app under the podcast section, and under Apple Podcasts. Ryan, how's it going? The sun, it is sun sleeve weather now. We've we've passed the rain, and now break out the sleeves. The sun is out. The sun is shining. It's been nice. I was able to get my uh, baseball team out on a field yesterday for the first time in probably, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks for practice. And so it was nice. It was humid. I was sweating my balls off. But like you said, it is it is sun sleeve weather if you decide to go that way. Uh, otherwise, you know, like you said, the sun is shining. We're, we're happy to be here. It is. And, and the forecast does not look like there's any rain for the foreseeable future. The only problem is you go outside and you start instantly sweating. Yeah. Break out the break out the powder. It is powder season. <laughs> More so than sun sleeve season. It is powder season right now. <laughs> it is. It is both seasons. Uh in in there all right before we get to the nba did you know what started up on monday night uh that is a broad question so for right now TV i will show. say no T- oh the bachelor i will yes the bachelorette is on i will have to say I, i'm not that into this season i mean one I episode in huh one episode in i didn't i watched i was in and out periodically on Monday night. Didn't watch the whole episode. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it has nothing to do with Chris Harrison not being there. That's not why I'm not. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not, uh, someone said there's going to be like nine straight months of bachelor content. That's that a lot. Excessive. That's a lot. Like I'm, I'll be all in on bachelor in paradise when that gets going up. Did you see the host for that? Uh, no. David Spade is going to be a co-host. Oh, yeah, a, I, I heard a, about that. I heard because he's going to he's going to try and bang all the girls on there himself. <laughs> Lil John is going to be a guest host on what? Bachelor. Yes, there you announced that one yesterday. <laughs> Lil John, and then uh, okay, um, and then two other people who I uh, who I don't know, but I could I could look that up. So I'm in on Bachelor in Paradise, but I don't know. I'm just is I don't know. Maybe it's Katie who's the lead. I don't know. I'm just. I don't think I'm going to be as uh, um, as locked in as I have been before, and I'm usually pretty locked in on it. All right, so the guest hosts for Bachelor in Paradise are Lil Jon, David Spade, Titus Burgess. You know who that is? Nope. No idea. And then uh, Lance Bass. I'm familiar with him. <laughs> yeah, so those are the four rotating hosts for uh, – uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Interesting. Uh, quite the cast of characters there. Yeah, like, I mean, so it was say it again. David Spade, Lil John, Titus Burgess, no idea who that is, and Lance Bass. Yeah. Definitely all, f- at least three, again, no idea who Titus Burgess is. Three people way past their entertainment prime that are trying to hold on to one last little bit of relevancy. Uh, yeah, no, so Titus Burgess, he is... Uh, an actor and he's been on Broadway. He was in um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. 
Yeah, I didn't watch a single second uh, of that. I would have been shocked if you would have said you would have watched that show. Um, so yeah, that's what he is. Uh, that's what he's in. But I can't believe like Lil John. He needs he needs the money that bad. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he was. Uh, in some financial ruins. Oh, I know who Titus Burgess is now. Now that I see his face, I think he's a okay. pretty funny guy. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about him, but. Quite the cast of characters leading that, uh, leading Bachelor in Paradise. Indeed, it's like they sent out a memo to just any publicist whose person was famous like twenty years ago. Like, hey, you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, I think Lance Bass will be good. I think he's he'll be pretty funny on that. So, but, uh, did you watch The Circle on Netflix? No, I did not. So, it's a show similar to like. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the previews for it. Yeah, so it's similar to like a Big Brother or a Survivor or something, but no, they don't meet at all, and it's all done over a social media platform that's like an in-house deal. And one of the things is, is you can go in there and try to be a catfish if you'd like, and just try to catfish people, and you know, to make them think you're somebody else, get them to like you or whatever. And his, I believe, either his personal Lance Bass, either his personal assistant or his publicist, it was one of those, went in to the circle, and she used him his pictures and his photos and pretended to be Lance Bass for the show. So I think he's trying to, he's trying to make a comeback of some sorts here with, uh, with, with the circle. And now with the bachelor in paradise, how did, uh, how did that go for, uh, his assistant? Or uh, she, she fumbled the bag big time. Uh, cause there's a hundred thousand dollar prize at the end. And somebody asked, Hey, so what are you going to do if you win? You know, cause Hey, you're, you're loaded already. <clears throat> are you going to donate it to charity? And he and she made the joke, but it wasn't again, it's over like a social media chat room. She made the joke. I think I want to do it to fund a new tour, like joking. Oh. And they were like, that's not cool. Like, seriously. And so she got she got booted uh, soon thereafter. Tough scene. Yeah. She she obviously didn't think it through that much. Did not. She was like, oh, that was funny. I think they got it. I think that was pretty funny. And then they flashed everybody else and they're like, oh, whoa, ew, oh, I don't know about that, blah, blah. And, you know, you're going to use the money for a tour. You're already rich, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, she uh, she fumbled the bag big time there. Oh, I hate to see that. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll get a cut of this. Maybe she got him on the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe she maybe she made up for it and got him uh got him this this deal. So uh, she can she can make up for it. All right, let's talk a little NBA here, a little Mavericks before we get into the playoffs going on. So still some ongoing cleanup or whatever going on from this past week. A lot of questions going on. Obviously, Porzingis has been the talk. Uh, what are they going to do with him? Are they going to trade him? How are they going? Are they going to keep him? He's, he said he's he's this is the healthiest he's felt going into an offseason. I would hope. I think that's a good sign. I don't really know, but can't be worse than what he was last year. All the lingering issues around the team going in. Uh, but I want to ask it uh, before we get into maybe what are they going to do with Porzingis. But I want to ask a trait or a question that I think it's been it's starting to get asked a lot more. Of do you think people do you think Luca one is going to draw like big time stars to play with him? And do you think that he's easy guy to play with? Um, so I think he is an easy guy to play with um, because he is a playmaker. He is a dynamic playmaker. He can both shoot and pass. So that part, I think he is easy to work with. Now, will he draw big time names? 
That is the question that I think is a little bit tougher to answer. Now you look at guys like, like you look at the Nets, Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. KD already did it where he went and joined up with some other superstars. Kyrie sort of did it because LeBron came to him. And Kate and Harden tried to do it in Houston with with Chris Paul and a couple other guys, and it just didn't work out. So there is going to have to be it's going to take a certain kind of superstar to want to come with uh, to come play with Luca. Like, I think a guy and this is this is, you know, I'm just so Giannis is kind of a guy that I think would be the type of person to want to come try to team up with with Luca. Now, do I think that happens? No, but that's that type of player where a guy that has been at the grind, he is at the maybe, you know, at the top of his game, maybe, and and is right at the doorstep over and over and over again, but just can't seem to cross that threshold where it's like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna need some help. And it's probably gonna have to be somewhere else than where I'm at right now. So that's the type of player that it's gonna have to uh take is somebody that's like i said has been on the doorstep of things over and over and over again just can't seem to get over that hump and is gonna have to come to you know a resolution of all right i can't do this on my own i'm gonna need to go team up with somebody for this to happen yeah i i i think they're they'll be able to draw one but i also wonder if like luca want i know he wants to win and everything but if he wants another like bona fide star on the team with him and like I don't think he really wants to share that spotlight. Um I think he just wants it all for himself. Like he he pretty much like just iced out Porzingis. And I know he was not playing well in the playoffs, but right. he pretty much just iced him out. And Porzingis is a huge star in the, or was a huge star in the league in New York and has a ton of potential and everything. And I just don't know if he wants to give up the limelight of of another like bona fide superstar with them. Now, obviously Giannis, I think, I think there might be a couple guys, but like, I don't like what, there are some rumors. People are like, Oh, let's get Kemba Walker. They should, the match to try and get, that would be terrible. Yeah. Your Luca wants the ball in his hands at all times. What does Kemba Walker do? He's a ball, a ball dominant point guard. Like that would not work very well. Porzingis was a ball dominant power forward. And I, the last couple of weeks I was preaching to let him, get uh get get a couple possessions just to let him run the offense so i just i i'm wondering if luca wants i know it's very early in his career but i'm wondering if he wants another guy that is an on the ball creator on the team because he loves to do that and he wants to create everything and he wants to be the center of attention and look he sh- someone should tell him look You'll actually have more stamina in the fourth quarter. Your scoring, your 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 uh, scoring uh, percentage or points per quarter won't just drop off a cliff in the fourth quarter because you're tired um, when it, from carrying the whole offensive load. Like it's going to help you out if you get another guy that lets you take the load off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, it is early in his career, but I, I still think that he would like someone to be able to defer to at times uh you know like you said i i i I agree with what you said maybe he should have let porzingis handle the ball a little bit more but when he's not performing the way you're used to or the way you would like there's really no reason to try to give him the ball and say okay hey maybe this time you'll do it maybe this time you'll do it okay okay let's try it again let's see if this time he's gonna do it where at that point it's like well shit i'm just gonna go ahead and try and drop 100 on everybody like he pretty much did i'm gonna hoist up 40 shots a game because uh you know my other 
quote unquote superstar partner isn't getting his job done. Uh, and it, we're having to rely on the role players to kind of carry the load that he isn't carrying. So, you know, I, like I said, I think you have to find the right fit and that's the hard part is finding the right fit. Uh, you know, I don't know if like a Jimmy Butler type is the type that you want. You definitely want somebody that's okay with being playing off the ball, but also somebody that can create plays with the ball. So that's, like I said, you need kind of that combo guy. And it does, I, I think bringing in another guard is a mistake. Like you said, Kemba Walker, I think it, it's going to have to be a wing or a stretch four. You know, there really aren't too many fives nowadays anyway. So, uh, you know, a long stretch four, but probably mostly a, a, another wing guy if you're wanting to bring somebody in to, to help Luca out. Yeah, but the whole thing was when was the last time you ever saw them run a set for Porzingis at the top of this, at the like around the three point line where you could create off the dribble or set a pick and pop or a pick and roll with someone? Like they didn't do that. They just pretty, as he said, they pretty much told them, hey, go stand in the corner and wait for the ball to come, or you can slash towards the hoop if you see something. Like they didn't really let him even try to create off the dribble or, or create his own shot. I mean, his shot wasn't going in regardless either way. No, no, but I mean, like, create, like, like, create off the dribble. And he, I mean, he made all his mid-range shots, but, like, something like that. Yeah, he yeah. was shooting it poor from three, but they didn't let him try and create something. Maybe he gets in a rhythm like that. And that's where I think Luca was like, no, 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 I'm going to just run the show here. And I understand where Luca's coming from. Like, look, it's easy to say that you wouldn't want to put uh, – um, you wouldn't want to put uh, the ball in Porzingis' hands when he's playing poorly. Like, mm. I totally get that, but I mean, if he had if 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 he was better conditioned, that comes into him getting in better shape and everything, so he can sustain in the fourth quarter. Because he, I mean, you saw him; he was tailing off in the fourth quarter after he would just go berserk in the first half. This, yeah. so I'm just I know I covered a couple of things there, but still, I just wonder if guys, if he's going to be willing to let guys take a more enhanced offensive role from what he's had so far. Yeah. I mean, at this point, maybe he just feels like that's what he has to do. So yeah. maybe it's going to take some growing and some maturing from him and his game to know that, Hey, if you do have another superstar in here and, and, you know, right or wrong, fair or not, Przingis sometimes can get labeled with the soft label. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's, it, again, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if that's, if it's fair or not, sometimes it appears to be true and that's why he's kind of gotten labeled with it, but you do need a guy that's a little bit more, I don't know, has a little bit more of that killer instinct. And, and that way you feel comfortable with the guy taking over and, and letting the offense run through him and letting uh, them create. Yeah. Well, I mean, Porzingis on the defensive side of the ball this year was horrible as a rim protector. Like he just lost that. I don't know if that was knee related if that was something like that. But so you could say he definitely took a down. It was a downward spiral spiral as a rim protector. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, that's definitely going to be an interesting thing going forward. If, if there, if people are going to want to play with them or how he, he evolves as, um, as a team leader. And then look, obviously Porzingis, I don't, I, I do think they're going to trade him in the off season. I don't, I don't know I don't what think they're, so. I don't think so. I don't know what they can trade him for. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. obviously a guy I've been yelling for them to get for the last couple of years has been Bradley Beal. He's got a, he's signed an extension. He's under contract for the next two years at 34, 37 a year, which is right in lockstep with Porzingis's deal. But, uh, but it's a couple of years shorter, but why would the wizards trade Bradley Beal for Porzingis? Like, 
you're going to have to find a team. And I know TA, the guy we reference a bunch on Twitter, trading for the Cavs trading for Porzingis is a total Dan Gilbert move that you could see coming a mile away because he's 23 or what, 25. He's young. And Dan Gilbert doesn't know what he's doing as an owner. He has no clue what's going on. He just wants to get in the playoffs so bad. And, um, but the thing is, the Mavs aren't going to take on Kevin Love's contract. Like, you're trading bad contract for bad contract. And I'd rather have, if I was the Mavericks, uh, Porzingis than Kevin Love. So, like, there's not a lot of teams out there that are going to be willing to take on Porzingis' contract. Well, I know they were talking about trading um, Colin Sexton, so maybe if you do like a Colin Sexton and 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 uh, uh, Kevin Love for Perzingis, and you know, I don't think Jalen Brunson would get mixed in, but somebody somebody else, you know, they all very rarely is it player for player here. So obviously, there's going to be some kind of draft capital involved. Um, but uh, maybe maybe the you think the Mavs would be interested in uh, trading for Anderson Verjao? Yes, they 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 will be they will be interested in trading for Anderson Verjo. He fits. He's an energy guy coming off the bench. Isn't that what they need? Yeah. Who's there? Oh, Dwight Powell. He's their energy guy, though. He's right? He's an energy guy. Yeah. But he kind of got. That's another thing. Like how he didn't play more after he saved him in Game Five. Uh, it's wild. I don't, I don't understand. Know. He don't did understand. something. He did something to get into Carlisle's doghouse, and I don't know what it is. Because you go back a couple seasons and they he played a ton of minutes and then he got injured. He got banged up a little bit, couldn't stay on the court. But the, he he's done something. I don't know if Carlisle has a daughter and Dwight Powell took her on a date and then ghosted her or something or what. But he did something to get in Carlisle's doghouse because that guy, I mean, we've met I've mentioned him, both of us mentioned him time and time again. How he that's exactly what he is. He's the energy guy off the bench. He does a lot of the stuff that doesn't show up in the in the uh box score after. You know, hustle rebounds, hustle blocks, good rotation, can play the pick and roll a little bit, and you know, go roll to the rim, you throw it up, throw up the lob for him. So yeah, I don't know what, what happened there, but uh big, big misfire on Carlisle's part, not playing him more. Well, and after how well he played in game five when they they won Absolutely, it. absolutely like, couldn't agree. And he played, what, eight minutes or 10 minutes in game six, and he barely played in game seven, and they're going to roll out Boban for 30 minutes? Like, that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Like, the rotation, how he doesn't get more. Even, look, you want to bring size out there. Why didn't you play Willie Cauley-Stein instead of Boban? He's way more athletic than Boban, and and you could just throw it into him. He's 7'2", right? Seven seven foot, 7'1". Like, he can... He can and do he's got the same tattoos on his Boban face. Do. He does got tattoos on his face. He's way more <laughs> athletic than Boban. Like that was just a total miss, total mismanagement of rotations or whatever. I mean, he really is getting killed. As I said, I'm still surprised how how much he's getting killed for um playing for playing Trey Burke that time. Because you go watch Brunson and and I'm only saying that because as I said, watch Jalen Brunson's time in uh game six. That looked like a guy that didn't know what he was doing out there. So I can understand why you said, all right, we're putting Brunson on the bench. He 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 tried to take over. It didn't work. He wasn't doing what he normally does. We're going to try Trey Berg. I get that. But I don't understand the Dwight Powell. You're going to roll out Maxi, who had no chance to guard anything. Uh, I don't understand the rotation still going on right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something that's going to have to get figured out. And we'll see what kind of pieces they're able to add in the off season. And, uh, you know, like I said, I don't think Porzingis gets traded. I don't know. I don't know how many times they can try and turn over this roster and try to make, cause I, I feel like for, for a few seasons now, you know, they go in the off season, they 
make a couple big signings, uh, you know, medium to big signings, and then halfway through the season, oh, this isn't working, and then they, you know, trade away all the signings they just made. You know, we saw it this year. We saw it when Porzingis came over with the DeAndre Ayton, or excuse me, not DeAndre, uh, 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 DeAndre Jordan trade uh, over to, to uh, New York, things like that. So, I don't know. I think they, I think the Mavs are kind of uh, in this weird, stuck in the spot where it's like, hey, we're ready to win now, but yet they don't have the pieces just quite yet to win now. And they only have like $25 million in cap space. And what mm-hmm. are they going to do? Give $20 million to Tim Hardaway Jr. And then you're stuck. Yeah. Like they're really in a, like Tim Hardaway Jr. Playing well towards the end really hurt them going forward. Like one of the things is, do you, do you get, it's now a question of, do you go after John Collins or do you go after Tim Hardaway Jr.? Or do you resign Tim Hardaway Jr.? Like that's probably the 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 biggest question for a free agent they have in the off season. What do they do with Tim Hardaway Jr. if they don't re-sign him? Um, do they do they uh, they have to renounce him? But then do they bring in John Collins or do they keep him? Like it's a really what do they do? Because yeah. the other names out there, I'm. Does Oladipo excite you at all? I don't know. I would probably rather keep Tim Hardaway Jr. around. I Evan Fournier maybe, but he's going to command a lot of money. Like I, I don't really know what else is out there for them to do this offseason. Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot of questions that need to be answered for the Mavs. Yeah, and uh, they got the superstar, which is a good thing. But now they got to fill in the roster, and there's not a lot of, and they don't even have any young assets that they're able to trade with. So. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting times ahead for the uh, Mavericks, but they look, they'll try. They, they'll try. They've been, uh, they tried last offseason to remake the roster, and now they're kind of getting killed for trading Seth Curry. But, uh, hey, they took some swings, and it didn't, it didn't uh, work out, but they'll be able to take more swings going on. All right, elsewhere in the NBA playoffs, you got to be happy with the Nets, or with the, uh, with the Suns, obviously, as they've, Absolutely. Uh, as they've, taking control so far of the early series. Did you see the stats of that team's um, biggest uh, combined point differential in the first two games to go on and win a series? No. So uh, the Cavs in 2016 were the second biggest. They lost the first two games by like 49 points. And the Nuggets just got beat by what, 44? Mm -hmm. Um, And they were the third. The Suns got beat. The Spurs did it to the Suns in 2005, I think. And then another time the Rockets did it in like 1990. I can't find the tweet right now, but it was an interesting. There's been like four teams that have got uh, beaten by over 40 points combined in the first two games to go on and win the series. Wow. Yeah, but I don't think the Nuggets are going to do that. I was about to say, I don't think that's (laughs) going to happen because, I mean, the Suns have just looked like, and this isn't even coming from a, like, not a Suns fan standpoint. They but they've just looked like they can do whatever they want whenever they want. Mikel Bridges is knocking down every shot he takes. Devin Booker obviously creates his own shot and is and it's like the the basketball world, the basketball casuals are finally seeing the, what a star Devin Booker has been. He's just been stuck in Phoenix with crap teams his entire career. Still only I think like 23, 24 been in the league 6 or 7 years now and has been a bona fide star for a while now. And now that they have the veteran leadership of Chris Paul, 
he's kind of been that final piece to plug it all together. And again, he controls the tempo. He, he can, he, the fact that he's healthy and is able to, to be a contributor offensively and defensively has been great. Uh, the defensive side of the ball is just unreal. Deandre Ayton playing fantastic playing like dare I say a number one overall pick. And so it's just, it's just all coming together. It's been great. Uh, Monty's done a great job coaching this squad. And I think, like I said, Chris Paul has been a huge part of it, of being able to, to, uh, um, you know, kind of, kind of keep the team together. He even had a, he had a statement uh, after the game yesterday, and they were talking about you know these big wins, and he said uh, you know there was a there was a, a season in New Orleans when he was still with the Hornets that they went up 2-0 on the Spurs, and he said he looked over at that bench and he saw Tim Duncan, you know the big three that they had, and they were unfazed, and it was like holy shit, these guys we they, we are up 2-0 and these guys don't even look like they're worried. Lo and behold, the Spurs end up going winning in seven. So he's like, I got to make sure that I keep these guys locked in and foot on their throats and pedal to the metal. We don't let up because, you know, it's happened to me before. And so having a guy like that on a team who has been through stuff like that and is able to speak from experience of saying, hey, look, we've got to keep the foot down. We cannot let up at all. Sure, a lot of guys can say that when they're playing. But for a guy that's actually lived through it and has been through that already, that kind of brings a little bit more, garners a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, reality behind it, and guys can really latch onto it. So it's been it's been fun to watch. It's been great. The vibes have been just unreal in that arena. Uh, you know, I, I made the joke the other day that Dallas is one of the biggest bandwagon fans cities. Phoenix is right there with it because uh, as a as a guy that's lived that lived there his whole life, and I've been to Coyotes playoff games, I've been to Suns playoff games, I've been to Diamondbacks playoff games. Like those stadiums are half empty in the regular season and playoff time comes and everyone is the biggest fan and has been following them the entire time. The once the playoffs rolls around, and I know it's like you said, once, once things, once games matter a little bit more, people want to be a part involved, but uh, it's, it's been fun to see. It's been cool to see. And uh, especially for a guy like Devin Booker, I'm happy for because he's finally been able to play in a playoff environment an electric environment. And even the whole rest of the team is is getting uh, kind of blown away with the support that they're getting. So it's been it's been really cool to see. For, unfortunately, from afar. And they've they've taken advantage of the luck that's gone their way. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Because I mean, that, 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 and sometimes that's what it takes, right? I mean, yes. Anthony Davis getting injured. Uh, obviously, Jamal Murray being injured for the Nuggets. You know that happened months ago. But still, this is it is fortunate for the Suns. Not fortunate that he's injured, but it's just kind of been playing into the luck and the run that they're making right now. And like I said, sometimes that's that's just part of it. No, no, it is. Yeah, no. But they've taken advantage of it. Um, because look at the difference between Jamal Murray and then. Who's that uh, Spanish dude they got out there? Is there? I'm considered. I, I, I'm convinced that's Marco Bellinelli. That's who it is. <laughs> it's, it's just Marco Bellinelli. It's not. It's Composo. 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 But like, I mean, the difference between those two guys is unbelievable. Yeah. And then, like, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a star in the league. Like, he 1, is. One thousand percent. I don't know like, if you remember when he was coming out. That's who I wanted the Suns to take in his draft. I was like, I want Mark uh, Michael Porter Jr. This guy is a stud. He should have been the number one overall pick. He is an absolute killer. Yeah, no, I wanted the Cavs to take him, too. He he would have. He's the guy. He's going to be a star. But now his. Well, he didn't go number one or whatever. What do you go? 15th or whatever. The Nuggets yeah. took him because yeah. of his back. Yeah. People were worried about his back. But look, when you're a bad team, take the injury chance on that guy, because that guy is going to be a star. And now his role of scoring is going to be ele- is elevated even more in the playoffs. I mean, he can still get buckets, but now he's got more pressure on him to score. Mm-hmm. And everybody, Jokic is already 
I mean, he's trying to do as much as he can. Still, the fa- like it's incredible he won the MVP. He's probably deserve it of the MVP. He is just a marvel to watch every time he's out there in that Agreed. body and just everything. How he is, it's unbelievable how he is so good at the game of basketball. And it's um, and it's effortless too. It's yes. very for a guy that is that big. You know, a lot of times the guys that are that big not only tall, but he carries a little extra weight. They kind of look like they lumber a little bit and they have to uh, labor a little bit more. And he's just very smooth and it, everything's, like I said, very effortless for them or f- excuse me, for him. And uh, it's it is amazing to see. I, I agree. They did a rep- the athletic did a story where they talked to a bunch of scouts and on the nuggets about when they first saw him. And when he was like 18 or something and some guys were like, this guy's still like this guy's terrible. Like, what is he doing? Like, he's just lazy. And and then like some one of the scouts, one of the quotes was. I can see signs of like greatness, but it's just like you don't believe it because it comes from that guy. But they took a chance on it in the second round and it worked out. But uh, um, who would you want to play in the uh, in the conference finals? I would rather play the Jazz, um, but yeah, I mean, give me either of them. I, the way they're rolling right now, give me either of them. As long as Chris Paul is staying healthy, I, I don't think I think the Suns are the team to beat in the West. I think you got to root for the Jazz because you don't want to go against Kawhi. One thousand percent, and that's like, that, and that's that's the deciding factor. I'll take Donovan Mitchell all day. I will go against him one hundred percent of the time, every time, versus going against Kawhi. And it's like a matchup thing. Like I think the Clippers actually match up really well with the uh, with the Suns. They got they got a ton of wings. It's a it's a wing league, and how can you defend? Like they can. Uh, not Zubac, look, Zubac on eight, on eight and whatever. They might not even do that, but we saw with the Mavs, they're not afraid to play small and they could switch every pick and roll. They can put Kawhi on Booker if they want. They can put Paul George on Booker if they want. Like they can Marcus Morris on Booker and then let the other guys take bridges or like they, I think they match up. The, the Clippers match up well with, with, with the Suns way better than the Jazz do, I think. 100%. So I'd be rooting for uh, rooting for the Jazz big time, but uh, the Clippers. Look, I'm. Uh, I still think they're going to win the series. I know they blew one a little late down the stretch, but I think they were a little fatigued. They they're going to have to play every other day, um, but I I still think it's going to be a Clippers uh, Clippers Suns um, Western Conference Finals, and then the Net. I don't know if anyone's being the Nets at all in the playoffs. Yeah, they're they, they're they're rolling. I think people forget. I know we talk about it, but people forget because all his off the court shenanigans with Kyrie, like he is unbelievable at basketball. And like you forget that because he's an insane person off there. Not an insane person, but he's just a little unstable at times. Yeah, he just says some crazy shit out there and he just doesn't. He just says his mind and it distracts from like, I mean, that guy's a wizard out there. It's unbelievable. He's got the best handles in the league. I've been saying it for a while. He's always had the best handles in the league, and Durant finishes at the rim are unreal. Unbelievable how he gets to spin on it at the at the at the rim. He is just an insane. And then they got Durant, and how how Durant. It was unfair that he joined the Warriors to begin with. Like that should have just Adams Adams David Stern would have put a kibosh on that. Um, I wish Adam Silver would have done that, but he's insane. And then they got just like. Harden's not even playing when they they pulled out uh, Blake Griffin Blake Griffin from the ground from the from the cemetery. Joe Harris is like the best three point shooter in the league. I mean, they're 
unbelievable. Yeah, no, they uh, they've really they've really pieced that thing together, and you know it's unfortunate for. I, I want to say it's a it's a little unfortunate for Steve Nash because you got to wonder how much of his coaching is taking effect. But I mean, we've seen at times with some of these super teams that if you don't have a good coach or a a leader that that these guys want to listen to, that it just doesn't work out. So, you know, I, I'm happy for Steve Nash. I'm sure you know a lot of Mavs fans should be as well. Um, that he's seen the success early in his coaching career. You know, his first year in his coaching career, a lot of people thought that maybe he didn't deserve this. But, I mean, he's been through it. He's, you know, he was one of these guys that that ran a high-powered offense that was a leader on the court. And so he knows how to lead these lead superstars. And so I just don't know if he's getting as much credit as he should. Or maybe I think he deserves more credit than he actually does. But at the same time, whatever it is, whatever he's figured out, it's it's working. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously I mean, I, it does make it a little bit easier when you have three of the top ten players, maybe three of the top seven players in the league. Yeah, but how many games have they all three played together? Like seven or eight? Yeah, it's not very many. It's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's like less than twenty. I know that. Yeah, they haven't played that many. All three games, they haven't played that many games uh, together. Um, but I mean, I also think for those guys, it's it's easier for them to screw it up than it is. For the, I mean, I guess he's doing a good job. Obviously, he's figured out rotation and stuff. But I think it's easier job to just screw it up and stay out of the way, and then just roll the ball out and say, "Go ahead and play." Yeah. Like you, if he was doing a bad job, I think you would know he was doing a bad job. Agreed. Because there'd be rumblings about, oh, they don't like Steve Nash, they don't do this and that, but you don't hear a word about that. So I just think it's they got their stuff. My dad always says it's it's basketball. They've been playing since they're nine, eight, nine. How hard really is it to to coach them up or everything? It's still the same game. Yeah. Um, but uh, isn't that who they wanted as a coach to a player guy or whatever? Yeah, a player's coach. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I like Steve Nash and Ty Lue. Like, how much are those? Like, they're they'll they'll they'll, they'll go through their spiel of we want to do this we want to do that but I don't think those they're those guys are definitely not being the hard ass coaches getting on them like we really need to do this we really need to do that they're just gonna say hey go out there and if something needs to change we'll say it but nothing too difficult out there I don't think yeah um, and then the Hawks and the Sixers that's gonna be a I think a good series going forward uh, as well I I. I do like, as we said, the last the, the Sixers are the most recent team to win a title. I do like there is some uh, disparity, and we're going to get a new champion, which we haven't seen in a while because the NBA is the king of the recycled um, champion. But it is weird, like not having those teams in the playoffs right now. Yeah, not not the usual stars that you're used to seeing. Yeah. I mean, obviously KD is there, you know, Kyrie, but yeah, not you. Know, you obviously know Steph, LeBron. Uh, guys like that that you're used to seeing year in and year out. Yeah, and pretty much all the all the biggest stars are on one team. Yeah, minus M- minus Embiid, but um, they're all on the Nets. Yep. Um, and and the Bucks with Giannis. But if uh, if the Bucks get swept, I mean, I I just I don't want the be, Nets. You no, know, I agree, I agree, but I don't want to be critical of of Giannis. But I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Like, I think we have seen the best of Giannis. I don't know that he gets any better. I don't know how much his game improves or changes at all. And so it's like, what you, I think with him, what you see is what you get. And that's just what you're going to have to expect with Giannis. I mean, he, 
you can't trust him at the foul line in crunch time. He's not really a guy that can go out and if he needs to go score 10 or 15 straight points for a team, you know, where he can just take over the game. Can he be dominant? Absolutely. 1000%. But I just, I don't know. There's just something about his game that I, I just don't trust. Like I said, very good player, top 10 player in the league, no doubt. But I don't know if he is like that superstar guy that you can trust that is a championship winner. Well, obviously he hasn't been so far because the the East the last couple of years, you could say has been primed for them to go make a run and to, to go to the finals. Mm-hmm. Like they should have beat the heat last year to make it to the finals. They should have, um, the Raptors. Okay. Maybe not, but, uh, I mean, he doesn't have to go through LeBron to make the finals and he hasn't been able to do it. Um, and I, his game is great regular season game, but also like he might need to spend some more time, like off the ball too. Like, yeah. He and be a slasher and a cutter because I mean, they can run the screen and roll pick and roll with him, or he can, he can run the offense, but it doesn't in the playoffs. That's not working because he can't shoot three. He can't make threes. Right. Like if he could get a three point shot, that would be great. But the problem is, I don't think he can do it. It's a totally different scenario from when LeBron, like LeBron first came in the league, he was shooting threes consistently, but he needed to just get better at it. Like the shot was there. Consistency of making them just needed to go up. And you thought, okay, as he gets to 2022, that's going to happen. And it did. He's still not a prolific. He's not a great three point shooter, but he's good enough. Giannis, I don't even know if that's going to ever happen. Yeah. Um, he just looks so afraid to do it, but they're in a tough spot. And Boonholzer, maybe they just need to get rid of get uh, ax him out. But then who's who? Who are they going to get that uh, better than him? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's just not a good coach. Any? Anyway. Maybe he's just not a good playoff coach. Yeah. No. But, I mean, definitely. I think that's a fair question to be raised. Because with the Hawks, they did look. It's hard. It's also hard to judge a guy. When he's with the Hawks and you know LeBron's just going to come in and run over you. Yeah. Like, that was in 15 and 16. Like, they had no chance. Even 17, they had no chance. And I think people wanted to believe they had a chance. They never had a chance. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to judge a guy, but I think you you can figure out what Boonholer is, is now, and he's having trouble in the playoffs. Um, but, again, now it's like the same thing as LeBron. He's facing Durant and Kyrie on the Nets. Like these guys are, it's insane. Like what I always say, let's rank the best players in the series. Do we have, is Giannis the third best player in the series or is he, is he number two? I'd put, I'd say he's probably number two. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, but you don't have the best player in the series and then Two out of the top three, you don't have. Yeah. And if Harden's healthy, you don't have three of the. You have one guy in the top three, or in the top four. So that's uh could be tough out there. But all right. Uh, no, you know what? I probably put. I know you're right. I probably put Giannis three. It's it's definitely it's definitely KD, Kyrie, and then Giannis. Okay, so then they got the third best player in your, and then. Um, Middleton's no, yeah. what probably five. So you got two of the two of the top five guys in there. Yeah. That's yeah. not terrible, but. Um, I like Middleton. Middleton should be a guy that the Cavs or they got the Mavs go after. 
yeah. if they can figure out a trade for him. Rosillo made the uh, made the joke Przingis for Middleton trade straight up on, yeah, the on Twitter. No. Yeah, well, the that's that's no. that's why it was Obviously. the that's why it was a joke. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey, you never know. Maybe they'll do it. Um, isn't Drew Holiday a free agent after this year? Yeah, I believe so. That might not be a bad guy for the Mavs to look after. Um, potentially there, but uh, all right, let's go over to baseball. As a cheater number one since 2018 has been caught. Verlander? Cole. Cole. Well, they're both with the Astros. <laughs> um, as uh, Rob Manfred's really done a great job with cracking down on this. He he is so bad. Like, the worst. He, the absolute he should worst. Be, he should be so happy he's not under the same microscope Goodell's under. Because if this was going on under Goodell's watch, Goodell would be raked over the coals. And I know Manfred's it's getting raked over, is raked over the coals, but it's not the same level as the NFL. So you should be glad baseball is not on the same uh, popularity because this is exactly the same thing Selig did with the uh, steroid era, but it's really gotten progressively worse over the last, uh, I'd say since 2018, since probably 2017, 2018, it's got progressively worse. And they're just, now they're going to start enforcing it and we'll see what, uh, what happens? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm at the point where, so the, I have two schools of thought. So the hitters were okay with it because they're like, look, if this guy's going to be throwing 95 at me, he's going to have control of where it's going. And now they're saying, well, now, wait, wait, now they're getting too good with it. I think the spider tack is a little much. Uh, I think that's maybe overstepping it a little bit. Now, I think the, the, uh, sunscreen rosin concoction if that's something that you found works both legal substances that you can have on you they put a rosin bag behind the mound for crying out loud then if you found that that works then hey let her rip go ahead that's fine because i don't think that creates too much spin or gives you an unfair advantage like this spider tack does i mean this they for people that may not know what the spider tack is it's stuff that bodybuilders you or excuse me not bodybuilders uh strong men use so that they can lift these 500 pounds, 600 pounds, 700 pound round stones and get a good grip on. So, I mean, if, if that stuff's strong enough to help you lift that, imagine what you can do with a baseball in your hand. Uh, so if this, if the sunscreen rosin, uh, combination works, then I say fair game pine tar. That's legal substance that batters batters can put whatever they want on their bat to help them grip it. I think pitchers should be allowed to use pine tar pitchers have, or excuse me, catchers have been putting it on their shin guards and on their chest protectors, putting it on the ball before they throw it back for, I don't know how long. So I think again, if it's a legal substance that is allowed in the dugout allowed on the field at all, then it should be legal for both sides, the offense and the defense. Yeah. But the pine tar, it's only allowed on a certain part of the bat, right? You can't go up, but again, it's still allowed on the bat for sure. For sure. Um, and we've known about the whole, the, the catchers trying to pull a sneaky on us and putting it on yeah. their shin guards and, or their chest protector or all in their glove and putting a little bit on the ball before they throw it back. So again, uh, you know, that's, that's been known for a long time. And again, batters, I think are okay with it because guys have more, uh, control over these, these, uh, balls and pitches that they're throwing 97 plus. And that's the other thing too. I think the, the less we start seeing, these substances uh, being used, I think the velo is going to go down quite a bit as well. We're not going to see everybody throwing 98 to 100. I think it'll come back down to earth. I think we still see 95, 97 guys topping out at 98, but we're not going to see a ton of guys throwing 100 miles an hour over and over and over again. Well, yeah, because it's going up to the whole that adds to the spin rate and everything. Yeah, makes it yep. easier to get the spin rate going on. Mm -hmm. Like that was the whole 
that's the whole thing of still when Trevor Bowers with the Indians and we all know his beef with Garrett Cole when he first went to the Astros, like Garrett Cole was a fine pitcher with the, with the, with the pirates. But I think most people would say he was underachieving with the pirates. Absolutely. And when he went to the Astros, he, his career was 1000% resurrected, much like it was with Verlander and Bauer Bauer, you know, Bauer has a, has a beef with Cole, but I think he also has a beef with that Astros organization because we saw numerous guys go there and their spin rate jumped up for sure. You know what he did? He did it. He threw it. He went, this is, he put it, he, when he played in Houston, one game, he put for one inning, he put pine tar on his thing, on his hand or whatever, whatever substance they were using to show the spin rate and how much it increased. And it increased as much as those, those Astros did. And that was his point proven and no one caught him. Like, I still remember that. He said that in like 2019, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like Trevor Bowers, whatever we've, we both think he's a little too much right now. Mm-hmm. But like that was that was a hilarious move, and that was clearly what happened when they were in Houston. They they'll say it was a uh, working on mechanics or doing this and that, but no, you think you think a franchise that was banging on trash cans for the offense and had that old video scheme system didn't think they were they were doctoring the ball so much where they get more velocity off off it? You're crazy if you didn't think they were doing that. But uh, no, his old thing was about that. So that was it. But then the funniest thing. And look, Cole and Cole and Bauer are like the poster boys for this. You would say, wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. But look, we all know every pitcher is doing this. Look, James Karinchek for the Indians. We saw him going to the glove for 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 pine tar or whatever it was in there. It didn't really help him. But um, th- those two, these two guys are the poster childs for it. And then one of the writers from the New York Post this week, I think, asked Garrett Cole if he ever used this sticky tape or whatever it's called. And he just mentally combusted for a minute. And it, it, like, it was, it was funny to watch. And what's he going to do? Admit to it. Cause then people are like, Oh, he's did it. We all know. I mean, he could have said, oh, I don't know. No, I've never used a blah, blah, blah. But that was, that was a funny clip. Quite possibly the worst answer you could have given. <laughs> yes. I mean, like just, I mean, when they, when the question gets asked and he says, I don't even know how to answer that. It's a yes or no question, bud. It's one or the other. And now look, if he says no, I didn't, and then he gets busted that he did, then it's then he's a liar. Everyone knows he was using it anyways. Right. No, agreed. But then too, like if he says yes, then he's a cheater. But like again, like you said, everyone knows that he has done it. So it's just, you know, I it's one of those things that it is literally probably the worst answer he could have given and just absolutely combusted, like you said, under the pressure. Uh, you want to talk about a guy you never want to rob a bank with. I think it's Garrett Cole. I think that maybe he doesn't give up your name, but he leads the cops to you uh, for sure. Because I mean, that, that could not have gone worse for him. But what's an answer that's going to please everybody. Him admitting to it. Yeah, probably. But but like there, if the only thing he could really do was admit to it, because, because everybody knows he used it. And it's, I don't know a denial that would have been, that people would have been on board for. Maybe it would have just been like, oh, I don't, I've, maybe you just said I would, I've used, I don't know what you're talking about. I've used some other, everyone, every pitcher kind of doctors the ball a little bit, but I go the more traditional route that uh, people have been using for a while. Maybe that's a way that he could get around that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but that was a hilarious clip. Um, and then now umpires are going to be starting to check 
And this is what, what is, and this is the funniest thing. Umpires have been allowed to check forever, but the problem is no manager is gonna, no manager before was gonna have the glove check because their guys were doing it. Mm-hmm. So now they said every glove when they come in or and come out of the game, they're gonna be checked by the umpires, I think, or something. I don't know. This is gonna be interesting to see how things uh, shape up here with this stuff. And and like too, what is going to be the like driving force for somebody to go like, like, Oh man, that curveball was too filthy. Let me go check. You're like, Oh man, that guy just touched 101. Let me go check it. Like, you know what I mean? Like what's, what's going to be the, the thing that makes them go out and check. No, I think the umpires are checking each pitcher, no matter what, like when they enter the game and when they leave the game, that's, I mean, we want to talk about speeding up the game. That's definitely not doing, oh, I know. It. No, but I don't think the, it's up to the umpires. Now it's not up to the managers. You're right. So, that's the new thing. And then um, I just had a train of thought that I, uh, oh, I, was, uh, I saw uh, Paul Paps from the Dan Patrick show. He reached out to the uh, sticky tape or whatever. What is it? Sticky tap? Spider tack. Spider tack. Spider tack. He reached out to that company that makes it. And he said they, on their records right now that the guy knew off the top of his head, they've sent it to nine ballparks in uh, MLB. And he could, he said he could go back and look, but it's probably close to like 13 or 14 ballparks that he's uh, sent that stuff to. If you're having that stuff sent straight to your ballpark, that's probably a bonehead move. If you go and look, go try to find the, the uh, clubhouse manager or the cubby and see if his address is on there. And that's probably where you're going to find it. Yeah, but they just he just straight up said, yeah, we sent it to eight ballparks. That's stupid. Um, but it, I mean, it's dumb. But no one's uh, no one's um, done anything. No yeah. one does anything about it or whatever. Like, what's the uh, what's uh, there's no punishment. Mm-hmm. And is there going to be a punishment going forward other than other than uh, what are the. They can't retroactively suspend anyone. Oh, for sure. No, no I mean, on, so. yeah, you definitely can't. What are they going to do go forward? Who knows what's going to go on? Go I on. say you let 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 the pitchers use whatever they want. Let the batter let the offense juice them up with as much steroids as they want. And just let's just have a time. Yeah, no, that's the only that's the only legitimate uh, compensation to do it. Yeah, because everybody's complaining about hitting. There's all saying the pitches are too good. Like Tatis was on the Dan Patrick show too. He said he's seen pitches he's never seen before this year, which that could also be like, oh, look how good I am. I'm hitting pitches exactly. I've never seen before. Yeah. But uh, posturing. Yes. But I mean, everyone's complaining about it. Maybe we get more hitting. I mean, mm. it's, it's, uh, um, good times for sure in the, in the, uh, Major League Baseball. Good to see Rob Manfred has everything under control, just like we'd expect him to. How about the accusations? I forget who it was um, that the MLB changed baseballs. Pete Alonzo. Yeah, based on who was going to be a free agent. I mean, I don't – you look at the numbers. I mean, he's got a point. Mm. I think he's got a point. That's just – I mean, that's like the ultimate level of just like that, – that could, that could single-handedly bring down the MLB. Oh, for sure, because go look at it. One was the big pitching class two years ago. Yeah. Hitting was up. Yeah. Hitting was up huge. That's when they were talking about the juice balls. Pitchers were like, oh, the, the scene's yes. still different. They're, they're not, you know, they're a lot lower, whatever it may be. And then now, 
this year know, there's how many shortstops in the offseason? Like five or six that are yeah. studs, Story, Baez, Correa. Probably missing a couple. Yeah. What are we all talking about now? Oh, my God. It's so hard to hit. It's so hard to hit. Yep. I mean, just the broad, uh, just taking it from like a 30,000-foot view. I mean, he's he's got, have a point. He's, he has a point. He has a point. That is for sure. He's he's got a he's got a big time point on that. Um, but I don't think there's any way they could really prove that though. Yeah, for sure. Like, how are you gonna do that? What are they get? Rob Manford's not stupid enough to go to like send emails to Rawlings or whoever makes the balls and say, "Hey, juice them up this year. We got we got pitchers on the free agent market." Yeah. But that'd be a chess. That's a chestnut checkers move by the owner. That is the ultimate. Yeah, (laughs) that is an ultimate chestnut checkers move by the uh, by the owners. Um, All right, do you have anything else before I give a couple uh, euro picks out? I do. I actually have a couple things. Two things. One of them. um, One of them was pretty funny. The other one is like, oh, whatever. So I'm sitting here today working. Uh, as I do most days and, uh, my wife comes up (laughs) and my wife comes up the stairs, Jamie, and she's like, Oh, Hey, um, my son's birthday is in, is in a week. It's it's next Thursday. And, uh, she goes, Hey, uh, Chris sent Chris, one of my really good friends. We've been friends since we're about, I don't know, six or seven years old. He lives down in Austin. She goes, Chris sent, uh, Jackson a birthday gift. I was like, Oh, that was nice. That was nice of them. What did, what did they get him? And she goes, uh, they got him like a little mini toy broom and dustpan uh, to play with. And I was like, that's weird. And then I sat there for a second. I go, that mother, you know what? And she goes, what? I said, the Red Sox swept the Yankees this weekend. And she <laughs> goes, wow, that's hilarious. And I went downstairs and sure enough, he sent it via Amazon. And the note says, Here's a little something so Jackson knows why dad was so mad this weekend and you can tell him what a sweep is. And I was just like, that is next level. Just absolutely hilarious. The best shit talking ever anyone has ever done to me sends my kid, sends my kid a toy broom and dustpan. I thought that was pretty damn funny. And so I texted him. I was like, he's in Colorado right now. He lives down in Austin. I was like, I'm coming to Colorado right now to come beat your ass because that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. And uh, so I thought that was a pretty, pretty good joke there of uh, of rubbing that's it a, in. That's a good one. That that's is a good, a good one. one. There. And, yeah, hilarious. Because like I say, he's a huge, he's a huge Red Sox fan. Um, uh, I don't know exactly where the fandom began, but uh, I believe because he's an engineer, so he travels around a lot. And I believe he was staying in, in Boston for a little bit. And so he just kind of like latched on to them as a baseball team because he really didn't have a baseball team that he was a fan of. And so now we go back and forth whenever they're playing. And, uh, but yeah, that was, like I said, that was pretty next level and pretty, pretty good, uh, on his part. That, yeah, that, no, that's, that is for sure a good one. What are you going to do to get him back? I have no, I mean, this season, you I can't I, I got come nothing. back from that. You can't come back from that. I really can't. We've, like I said, we've always gone back and forth last year. I had my fun because the Red Sox were dog shit and the Yankees were good. Um, and, uh, so, but right now with as terrible as the Yankees are, and the Red Sox are have a commanding league lead of the division. Uh, I, like I said, there, there really is. I mean, he might have uh, he 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 might have just buried me and just you know stuck a tombstone on me. And I I don't know if there's any coming back from that. I need to find I need my Undertaker moment, and I don't know when that's coming. 
Well, yeah, it's just not going to happen now. You just got to wait for it to happen. Yeah, absolutely. No, a hundred percent agree. But, uh, so yeah, that, that's how my morning started, but I said pretty, pretty good. Uh, the other thing I, I think I would like to set, start a segment on, on our Thursday shows, depending on, especially once NBA finals wraps up and, and it kind of becomes a dog days of summer. We don't have a whole lot of content to talk about, uh, things that, Things on the internet that make Ryan mad or something like that. Still workshopping it because there's a lot of things throughout the day where I'm just like, are we, are we, this, this is what we're doing now. This isn't anything that made me mad, but I thought it was funny. Are you aware of who Pete Blackburn is? I've seen his stuff. Don't follow him, but I've seen, I've seen his stuff. If you ask me what he does for a job, like you just did, couldn't tell you, but I, I know he's a blue check mark with a couple hundred thousand followers. I think maybe, I don't know. So same thing. I don't follow him, but a lot of the people he's a that Boston I do follow, guy, isn't he? He big time Boston guy. So he's an NHL guy. Um, I think he used to work. Um, he he used to either work with NBC on the NHL or he worked with a big time network. Now he works for Bally Sports. Um, but he he's kind of marketed himself as like this funny, edgy kind of on the fringe type of guy. Uh, was willing to push the boundaries a lot. Uh, pretty funny. Like I said, I don't follow him, but he, a lot of the stuff he tweets out is pretty funny. And, uh, but yeah, so he is a Boston guy. And so he tweeted out a picture yesterday of him standing in front of the Coliseum wearing a Bruins Jersey and he's sipping a solo cup and around him are a bunch of Islanders fans screaming at him, putting the thumbs down, you know, looks like they're booing him, whatever. Totally staged picture of, of, you know him being the boston guy in uh in long island and uh so i just you know like i said he's the edgy guy he's a funny guy and so i just happened to tweet at him just ask portnoy for a job you know you don't need to rip their content just like i said do i do i need to do i need to did i need to tweet that no probably not but you want to talk about the guys that come and white knight for this dude absolutely (laughs) unreal now, one guy, one guy did have a really funny response, and I just told him, like, hey, look, this is good. Uh, you know, he, he said, it's always the guy with the waxed eyebrows that needs to bring up Barstool, hey? <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it, and I responded. I said, this is very good and a sick burn. So, you know, props to you. Not going to say anything else. But you want to talk about guys that, would, like I said, just absolutely white knighting for another dude. And then Pete, wanted, Pete responded, it's a picture. And like I said, I, I I wanted to respond, you know, obviously totally organic, tongue in cheek, but I didn't. I just left it there. But the guys that are and, and look, I realized that, uh, you know, maybe a Spider-Man meme a little bit of me saying, you know, uh, these other dudes coming out and white knighting for this guy when clearly I was, you know, kind of. I wouldn't say white knighting for 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 barstool but kind of like you know they're doing the whole stream where it's it's you know you take the the visiting fan and put them uh in the home team's uh uh, atmosphere and let them get ripped but it's just it's just the the twitter verse is so funny i i've been on twitter since 09 and i'm surprised daily at the shit that comes on come i've been on twitter for over a third of my life that's kind of sad uh but it's uh it's just it just baffles me sometimes of of the things that i see on here and the things i that think I go I've, through. I've been on since 09 yeah yeah i've got I, people were making fun of me in high school when i was on twitter me too yeah i know <laughs> i was <laughs> making fun of me they're like on facebook i'm like guys twitter is the way Twitter's and the i move. remember i remember one of the uh it was uh 
whatever, it was 09 to 10, my senior year in high school, we're sitting in a class, and I would get the woes notification sent to my phone for trade deadline, and they're making fun of me as I'm giving them all the trade deadline details. I'm like, guys, this is info here you don't have. Yeah. And they're making fun of me for that. And then, and then, like, whatever, that summer or whatever, they're like, dude, Twitter's great. And I go, dude, I've been on it for a while. I've been only preaching to the choir. Yep. I mean, obviously, it's come off its peak. It's, I mean, it's, it's, there's so many different layers to the Twitter onion. So many. Like, so many that it's, it's good. It's bad. I mean, there's, there's so many layers to the onion of Twitter that, um, that are out there. But, uh, um, that is, I mean, you could say what Warren gets mad at Twitter whenever Adam Schefter tweets about something that's other than, uh, football. Yeah. Are you the, you're the the stick to football guy. Well, he's just whatever he tweets out like a story of a of a. Okay, if he wants to say something about his family or whatever, yeah, fine. But I don't need you to be like, um, giving me info on, um, on like oh, like just just re repackaging something. Woj tweeted or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you don't, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Don't do that. Don't. I don't need that. I don't need that from you. Okay. Woj doesn't do it. I don't need it from you. Okay. Um. But uh, now, what was the other thing? Oh, we could save it. But one of one of the other. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. What I don't like about Twitter, but yeah, that's a good one. We'll uh, we'll keep that going for. Because uh, I'll tell you what, I've gotten, I've gotten. So I'm uh, still not on TikTok, but the IG reels have made their way into my rotation. It's literally t- exactly the same thing as TikTok. And and I'm so mad that it's like now like a daily occurrence that I get stuck in those. And it's we'll we'll save it for another day. But the IG reels, I got some hot takes that I need to fire off with that. It's literally TikTok. It, the the just real quick, the the the, <laughs> the mom that's like 26 to like 32 like I'm, I'm all set on, on your TikToks or your reels. Like nobody cares. Like we get it. You're a single mom, like, cool. That's a tough job, but like stay off TikTok. I mean, it's, it's, and not just, not just, it's not just the dances or whatever. It's, it's, it's everything. Like I'm just, I'm all set on, I'm all set on, on mom TikTok. I'm all set on parent TikTok. I'm super all set on fitness TikTok or IG reels, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it might be worse than Twitter. might be a bigger cesspool than Twitter. You might be surprised. I haven't found my way over to fitness TikTok. It's, oh my goodness. It is. Not that I want to be on there. It is brutal. It is brutal. It, so you want to know what's big on, on the fitness TikTok is kids pumping steroids. Like they're just like, yeah, not only, not only dudes, but girls, girls are like, you know, should I diet right and do cardio or should I take a cycle? And it's like them leaning towards taking a cycle. And I was like, okay, so this is where we've landed. Now it's just like right out in the open. Like people are just jumping on cycles left and right. All right, cool. Tough scene for those kids. It is wild. Well, since we're on TikTok, my video is up to 71,000 views. Look at that. Viral Warren back at yeah. it. We've actually picked up some more followers on this one. So that's, there you uh, go. that's good on that one. It was, uh, we'll do that. All right. Uh, quickly, the Euros get underway tomorrow. Uh, so that if anybody's at home during the day and wants to watch soccer, games are at 8, 11, and, and uh, 2 p.m., so perfect. England's the favorite. England and France are the co-favorites. But so you know how the Lakers are always the co-favorites because everybody always bets them? Yeah. 
I'm not saying England can win the Euros, but they're only the co-favorite with France, excuse me, because of everybody bets them. Yeah. Like, they would not be the favorite in this if it wasn't England. Um, France France is by far and away the, the favorite. Now, is France going to win? It's tough to win a World Cup and a Euro back-to-back, but they definitely have a shot. They're in the toughest group of three teams get out. A couple of bets I have. The best that I'm not doing a winner. I'm doing uh, um, one of them is going to be the uh, is uh, Group A. It's a, str- a couple straight forecasts here for groups. Let me find the odds on these. Um, group A. It's Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. The straight forecast of Italy first, Turkey second, a plus two forty. Sign me up for that one. And then then in the um, and then in group two, this one should happen is Belgium and Denmark first and second in the group plus 185. And then playing off of um, Bel- or playing off of Denmark and Turkey, I'm gonna bet both of them Denmark to reach the semifinal at plus 400 and then Turkey to reach the semifinal at plus 800. It's weird how they're doing the matchups in the in the uh, in the group stage. There's 24 teams this year instead of 16, and there's three. There's four highest placed three teams make it to the round. So whatever. Denmark and Turkey as the runner up teams have the easier road. They'll play the the weakest power country, which is the Netherlands, and Denmark and. Turkey are probably going to play each other in the in the um, in the round of 16. So one of them should get to the corner final. So I'm banking on then them beating the Netherlands to get to the uh, semi. And there's some odds there. But uh, those are a couple ones that I like. And then Poland to finish the second in their group against uh, Spain. Who knows? They might win the group because Spain has COVID issues. And then uh, England, if they win, they're going to have to face the second place finisher in the Germany, France, or Portugal group. So England might not want to get first in their group. So if you want to bet Croatia to win that group, maybe. But I think England will still they'll plow ahead and um, win their group and take on France in the suites in the round of 16. But uh, those are the picks that I have right now. And should be uh, Good soccer going on right now, hopefully. Good stuff. I mean, you could bet any. You can finish. Advance to the group stage. You could finish who's going to get last in the group. There is. You can you can bet everything on this thing if you want. You If, if you can find a bet, I'll take it pretty much. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going. Th- I'm looking through this. There is. You can bet a combined who the top goal scorer is and who is going to win it, like a straight forecast on that. I mean, there is. And those odds are pretty big on, on I mean, that's, there's a, there's a lot to bet if you want to do that. And yeah, the odds check on, that out, get some, get some action going. We'll like, always love, always love the early morning action. Yeah. If you want Mbappe here, Mbappe in Belgium to win 66 to one. And Mbappe is the top goal scorer. That's actually not bad, but um, I mean, you, you could, you could bet everything, but yeah, no, it gets underway tomorrow at 2 PM with Turkey and, Turkey plays Switzerland, I think, tomorrow. I don't know. But the whole thing, too, a little is... Turkey and Swiss, huh? A little Turkey and Swiss. And the whole thing about the Euros are usually it's set in, like, one country. Not this year. It's all over Europe. It was supposed to be all over all over Europe uh, 
last year when they were originally supposed to have it. But England can play like six out of seven games um, in London at Wembley. So um, travel could be an issue. Who knows? A bunch of crazy. Uh, uh, should be a good time, though. Get that early morning action going. Yeah, always love and starting the day with a little turkey and Swiss. A little turkey and Swiss there. All right, that's going to do it for us here. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you then.